0: John chapter 10, verses 22 through 27. We started last week with this exact same scripture. And y'all getting faster. That's what I'm talking about. It was winter, and Jesus was in Jerusalem at the time of the dedication celebration. He was at the temple, walking through the section known as Solomon's Hall. The Jewish leaders surrounded him and asked, How long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus replied, If I have already told you, excuse me, I have already told you, and you don't believe me, the proof is in the miracles I do in the name of my Father. But you don't believe me because you're not part of my flock. My sheep recognize my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Let us pray. Father, I just I thank you so much for this church. Um, it always blows my mind. Just to watch you work. And I don't, I don't know why it does. Uh, I don't know why I get so surprised. Um, Father, just just a minute ago during, during Bojo's announcements, I was sitting back here with my two youngest daughters and I'm watching my oldest daughter up here on this stage. And um, Father, I just, uh, this might be a little selfish, but I praise you. Thank you for allowing my family to be a small part of this church. Father, I thank you for all the families involved. It has been amazing, Father, to watch husbands and fathers grow, mothers and wives grow, children grow. Um, Father, I know that your goal is to grow the kingdom through family. And uh, that's why you have taught us. That's, that's our number one ministry. And Father, I ask that us men, spiritual leader of those households, that we hang on to that. We don't forget that. And for those ladies that may not have that man in the home, that they take hold of it and they run with it as well. And Father, us as a church support them 110%. Father, today you've given me a message um, to follow up with last week's. I've struggled the last couple days putting this together. Father, and usually when that happens, I know it's because you're fixing to show up in a mighty way. Father, I'm putting my trust in you. Father, I need you to anoint me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Father, take my pride, my selfishness, my doubt, my lack of confidence, my lack of boldness, Father, I ask you, take that away from me and you replace it with you, Father. Your love, your boldness, your confidence, Father, your breath. I ask these things in your name. Help us to love, laugh, and forgive. Amen. All right. Today I'm going to finish or I'm going to try to finish the second part of this series, hearing God's voice, uh, I may have to break this into one more sermon, but we're going to try and get through this as, in a timely manner. But we are not going to um, we're not going to quench the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay. In, in order to hear God's voice, there are two things we must know and understand. Last week. We talked, you know, the ways God will speak to us. You know, there's seven biblical ways that God will speak to us. Nick, if you could pull those up for me again. Through the Bible, through prayer, through dreams and visions. By the way, I've had quite a few of y'all reach out to me this week about dreams and visions, uh, saying that God had been speaking to y'all in that way. First of all, thank you for reaching out. That's huge. Uh, Anytime you've got questions, guys, don't leave with questions. Always make sure you follow up with the pastor or the, the leadership team. That's what we're here for. You can't learn unless you ask, right? Right. Okay, very good. Through other people, through anything he pleases. We talked about how, you know, burning bush with Moses or a donkey, right? Even spoke through a donkey in the Old Testament. Through his peace and then through his own voice okay so those are the seven biblical ways that God will speak to us this week we're gonna learn how to hear and recognize his voice I have a question for you guys Uh, what is the one thing one major thing that is key to a strong relationship communication Sarah, you the first one girl That's what I'm talking about like you get them that's what I'm telling you on point today you prayed, it was stout, you know what I'm saying? Like, you keep that going. Hey, I man, everybody give Sarah a round of applause. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Communication is key in all relationships, right? Whether it be a marriage, a business relationship, a friendship, uh, the church, your family. doesn't matter what it is, but that is the key to a strong relationship. And it's no different with your relationship with God, guys. It's no different whatsoever. The first step in hearing God's voice is communication. The more you communicate with God, the more you will hear Him speak. How do we communicate with God? That's another question. We spend time with Him in prayer, studying our Bible, and worship. Those are the three ways. All of us have something uh, (laughs) in our lives that we're passionate about maybe a hobby, a sport, uh, it may be your job. You might be, you know, obsessed with politics, uh, travel, hopefully your family, and then unfortunately some of us, it's social media. Mm. Do y'all know that the average American spends two and a half hours a day on social media? Do y'all realize that? Do y'all know... How much time the average American spends in prayer? Two minutes. Two minutes. That's the average. Because you got to think a lot of people don't even pray. Two and a half hours of social media. Two minutes in prayer. Can y'all see what might be going wrong with our country and our world today? Lack of communication. We're not hearing God's voice because we're not trying to hear God's voice. You should be spending as much time in these things that you love, that you have a passion about, whether it be a hobby, your job, your family, whatever it may be, you need to be spending just as much time with the Lord. Just as much time with the Lord, if not more, right? Okay. So how do we become better communicators with God? There are five steps to becoming a better communicator with God. Number one is set an appointment. You set an appointment daily. If you want to go to the doctor, you set an appointment. You want to get a haircut, you set an appointment. You set an appointment. The good thing about setting appointments, most times you're going to keep that appointment, right? Have a set time each day you devote to communicating with God. My suggestion is to pray, study, and worship during this time, all three. Do all three. Don't just pray, don't just study, and don't just worship. You should take the time. If you'll spend two and a half hours on social media, you can take 30 minutes to do those three things with God. This needs to be the best time of the day for you. You know, a lot of people say it needs to be the very first part of the day. I will say this, I highly suggest that you start with prayer every day. But whenever it comes to this communication with God, when it be prayer, study, and worship, it needs to be the best time for you during the day. A lot of y'all know the best time for me is early in the morning, before everybody wakes up. I'm, I'm downstairs early in the morning, getting in my word, praying, worshiping, because there's no distractions. It's a great time. Your time may be at lunch, on your lunch break. It might be when everybody goes to bed at night. You may be somebody that stays up late. It doesn't matter when it is, but it needs to be the time of day that is best that you know you can set everything else aside and you can concentrate on nothing but your Father. Make setting that daily appointment with God a priority. I want you to think about this, guys. We set appointments all the time with people that we don't even like. Seriously but we can't set an appointment for God. Number two, get alone with God. Get alone with God. Ask you all a question, who in the Bible heard from God more than anybody else? Jesus, where were you that time? You didn't speak very fast that time. You slowed down on me, man. I take everything, take everything back I said about you. (laughs) Jesus. Jesus is by far the person that heard from God more than anybody else in the Bible, right? Let's go look at uh, Matthew 14, Mark 1, and Luke 5. I've got three different verses up here. Now, this is Jesus. Now, we're supposed to set the example and follow, excuse me, we're supposed to follow the example of Jesus Christ. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Jesus got up and went out to a isolated place to pray Jesus would withdraw to lonely places to pray get alone with God you need to get away again from all distractions when you do have that time to get alone you need to put your cell phone up turn the tv off nothing needs to be distracting you whatsoever This also needs to be your peaceful place. Uh, Again, for me, I love early in the morning. Nobody's there. That's great. And you know, we've talked about this before. One of my peaceful places is the beach. We've talked about that. It's really weird. I don't get it, but Bojo's is the shower. I don't know. Like every time he'll come up to me and say, God spoke to me this morning in the shower. It always scares me when he starts with that. And then like worship, right? Like worship is a peaceful place. Now, I was saying get alone, okay? Get alone whenever you want to spend that time with God. Now, listen, you can worship right here in the church, right? Like we did that just a few minutes ago. That's what we did. That's worship. You're communicating with God. But you need to have that one-on-one personal connection, conversation with God daily. This is called fellowship, You need to fellowship with your brothers and sisters. Do not deny the fellowship. That's biblical. However, you've got to make sure that you're not denying the time with God alone as well. It's very important. You know, I know a lot of people, that's their thing. They're just, they're churchgoers. They come here. This is about the only time they ever even get around God. Guys, if you don't take him out of here with you, you're going to struggle all week long. All week long. Once a day, guys, once a day, you can sit down and have a conversation with your father. Number three. Praise God first. How many times do we start our prayer with God? I need this. God, I'm struggling today, man. If you loved me, you'd do this for me. Come on, I'm not the only one in here that's ever said that. <laughs> you want to start by praising God. I, I want you to think about something, guys. How hard is it to have a good relationship with some with, with someone? Uh, when all they want to talk about is their problems. Man, there are a lot of folks, hmm, hmm, yeah. <laughs> what they're going through. All you hear is the negative stuff. D- do y'all, how many people in here are Saturday Night Live fans? Okay, who used to be Saturday Night Live fans? All right, when it was good, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, yeah. Do y'all remember Debbie Downer? Debbie Downer? Like, that's what I call it. You know, that's Debbie Downer. Like, that's not somebody you want to hang out with. God don't want to hang out with Debbie Downer either. I promise you. He loves her, but he don't want to hang out with her. I'm just being honest. I mean, that's the serious part of it. Guys, you got to stay away from that negativity. And the problem is, is that's what we're throwing at him. I teach my kids constantly, stay away from negative people. And then here we are going to God with only negative. What is, you see what's wrong with us? We're not very smart. <laughs> If you want to have a good conversation with someone, start out by praising them. I I use this. Testing, testing, testing. There it is. I take a lot of abuse. I don't know if y'all heard what he said to me, but I'm not going to repeat it. Lost my dang spot. No praise Praise. Okay. I, I use this a lot of times. Like, you know, if, you, if you're if you going somewhere, like, man, sometimes I got to go to these things. They're galas. I don't like these things. You know, you got to dress up. And you, you walk around. I don't know half people in there. It's not really the people I love them, but it's not really people I hang out with. You know what I'm saying? So, so like, when I go into these places, you, you can either sit there like a bump on like Debbie Downer, okay, and just not speak to anybody. Or you can try and talk to people. So that's what I do. I go up and I, I try to start a conversation. And the way that I do it is I, as I talk about maybe, hey, man, that's a, that's a good-looking shirt you got on. You know, that's a cool jacket you got on. Man, I saw a car you drove. That's a pretty cool car. You know what I mean? When you start out with something like that, people tend to listen. Am I right? It's a lot easier to start a conversation positive and praising others it will definitely open up their ears to listen to you a lot more. Now, our God doesn't need to be praised. Our God knows his power. But we do need to let him know how amazing he is, right? <laughs> Men, try this with your wives. Like, I'll tell Amanda, I'm like, babe, you look beautiful today. She's always like, what'd you do? You know? Let's go to Hebrews chapter 13, Psalms 150 and Matthew 6. Let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. Let everything that breathes sings praises to the Lord. And then Jesus says, pray like this, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now we all know the rest of that. Jesus is teaching us how to pray in that moment, and he says to start out just like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Jesus himself is telling you, when you start to speak to God, praise him. Follow the example. Number four, tell him your needs. Okay, you praised God first. Now it's time that now you can communicate your needs. I need you to tell God exactly what you need the answer to. Let him know your struggles. Open up to him. Don't shy away from him. Don't hold back. Be vulnerable. It, I don't know why we do this. We, we go to God in prayer, and it's like we tippy-toe around what we really need. He knows what we need. It ain't doing you any good tippy-toe around it. He knows exactly what you needed before you even prayed it. So go ahead and just be honest with him. Tell him exactly what you need. You know, I hear a lot of people say, well, I just don't know if that's worth praying for. It is. It's worth it. Doesn't matter how small. Nothing's too small to him. Don't be scared to go to God with everything it is that you are struggling with in your life. I want you to think about this, guys. How hard is it to get close to somebody that that won't open up to you? And those, those are people that I don't really want to hang out with. You know, if people open up to you, you seem to open up more to them. It builds a stronger relationship, right? It's the same way with God. You want to be able to pour your heart out with God. Let's go to Philippians four, Hebrews four. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Go to God. Hebrews four sixteen. Let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There will, excuse me, there we will receive His mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Guys, pay attention to that last one. It says to go boldly to the throne of God. If you're a child of God, that's your father. That's his home. You can walk in his home boldly. You're a part of that family. You don't, again, don't tippy-toe up there. Guys, you go to him with your problems. Let him know exactly what it is that you need answers to. James 4.10 Humble yourself before the Lord, and he will exalt you. We've read that verse a hundred times in this church, and we will read it a hundred times more. And here's the reason why. You have to go humbly to God. You have to. If you go to God with all your problems, with an attitude or a chip on your shoulder, it's not going to work. Humble yourself before your Father, and he will exalt you. That's a promise, guys. It's a promise. The last step to being a better communicator with God is be quiet and listen. This is the one we struggle with the most, right? A lot of times we don't even hear God speak because we don't shut up long enough to hear him. Do you, know, do you know someone that, that you can't even have a conversation with because you can't get a word in? Welcome to my world. Live with four women. It's like when I was on vacation, we were driving 13 hours on the way back home. I couldn't say a word. Even if I tried, they didn't hear me, you know. This is how we communicate with God sometimes. We just do all the talking and we never listen. Communication, guys, that's, it's not a one-way street. Be still, hush, and listen. Let's go to Psalms 46, Psalms 37, Exodus 14. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Be still and know that I am God. The Lord will fight for you and you have only to be silent. Warriors, God is always speaking, but we're not always listening. I know that's the biggest struggle that the majority of us have because we live in this life that's just so busy. We stay so busy that we can't slow down for five minutes to hear his response. During football season, I'll be at the house, I'll be watching the Cowboys after church, you know, I'm watching the Cowboys. And, 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 and this, happened, this happened last year. Amanda came in, I was watching the Cowboys. It was a big game. They're playing San Francisco's playoff game. Yeah, we don't wanna talk about that, they ain't going to bring it up. I mean, good night. Okay, anyway, so I'm watching the game. Amanda comes in and she tells me something. I'm watching the game. I mean, you know, been married 17 years in July. You'd think she'd realize I'm not paying attention during the Cowboy game. She leaves. Game's over. I'm mad. Comes back home. She said, you wash clothes? I said, no, I didn't wash clothes watching a cowboy game. I told you to wash clothes. When? I said, you watching a cowboy game. Thank God that our God has a lot more grace and mercy than, than, than my wife had in that moment. But how many times that happens? Seriously, guys, we get so distracted, so distracted that somebody can be standing right here, just like God, right next to you, trying to give you direction, trying to speak to you but you're so focused on Dallas getting beat by the 49ers, you can't even get your head on straight. We're all guilty of it. Now that we understand how to better communicate with God, I want to go to the big questions, guys. So I want to review those five. Nick, can you pull those five back up for me real quick? How to become a better communicator with God. Okay, so set an appointment, get along with God, praise God first tell him your needs, and then hush and listen, okay? There's your five steps to be a better communicator. And, and by the way, man, that's not just with God, by the way. Like, that's just with people, okay? Like, that's just better communication. We need that in our world today instead of text messages all the time. So we'll get off that. So let's go to these big questions. The first one is, what am I listening and looking for when it comes to God speaking to me? Michael, I get it all the time. Like, Michael, what's it sound like? You know, what, what's, what's he sound like? What's, what am I listening? What am I, what am I looking for? The best way I can describe this to y'all is it's a thankless thought. A thankless thought. In other words, you're going through your day. Let's say you're at work. You're busy. And all of a sudden in your head— something pops in your head. Guys, the brain does not work that way. I need y'all to grasp this. You can ask any scientist or doctor or whatever that you want to, but your brain's not gonna work to just go to something without having some way of getting there. But let's just say you're sitting at work, you're busy, things are going on, and then all of a sudden, I mean, just for an example, you know, let's just say God says, Micah, text your sister Hannah. Out of of nowhere. You text your sister Hannah. God put you on my heart. Just wanted to let you know I love you and praying for you. If you need anything, let me know. See, the biggest problem that we have is people overthink this. They overthink God speaking to them. They think, number one, it can't be that easy. Can't be that easy. Just a simple thought. God doesn't want to make it hard. He doesn't want it to be hard for you to hear him. He wants it to be simple. Once you think about that, the next time you're like, ah, it's too simple. Yeah, that's what he does. We overthink it. We overanalyze it. Oh, that's another thing. You know, God will give you something, and and then you're looking at it, and, and God will give this to you, and he's telling you what to go do, but then you're looking at all these other things that might happen if you do it. Am I right? Like, well, I might look stupid. This person may think I'm crazy. I may go broke. People may laugh at me. All these other things, you're, you're overanalyzing it. You have to get rid of your inner critic. You have to get rid of that. You can't even listen to that. Because the thing is, that inner critic, that's not God. God. All that is is the evil one trying to distract you from doing what it is that God does want you to do. When God puts something on your mind, or excuse me, when something just pops into your mind, that's God. When someone pops into your mind, that's God. He'll speak to you through confirmation as well. Um... With with this church uh, just the people that he's put around us and the things that have happened I mean, it's it's just one thing after another. It's like a domino effect and you know then that What he told you and you did was him speaking to you that confirmation that you receive also builds your confidence up That's another thing the more that you do it guys the more that you hear that little voice The more that you hear it and, and you take that step and you watch it become confirmation, you you start to wear it constantly when he's telling you stuff. You just continue to do it. And you'd be surprised that little bit of confidence after that first time, that's the thing. Take that big step that first time. So much can change after that. He'll use you more and more and more if you'll just take that first step. It gets easier if you just take that first step. Obedience plays a huge role in hearing God's voice. Huge role. It's one of the main factors. I have a lot of people that will come to me and say, Mike, I know I hear God, but I hadn't heard him in a while. Hadn't heard from him. My question is, is or did you do the last thing he told you to do? I mean, if not, you might want to go back and fix that issue. Because think about it. If somebody comes to you and asks you to do something, and you don't do it, what's the odds of them coming back and asking to do something else? It's no different with the relationship with our father, guys. If you're not hearing him, it's probably because you haven't been obedient in your past. So what you do is you go to him now, and you apologize. Father, I'm sorry. It was early on my walk. I was a coward. Or I didn't recognize your voice. I didn't understand it was you. But now I know, speak to me. Speak to me. Obedience, guys, it's all about obedience. The more obedient again that you are, the more that he'll ask of you. You know, and sometimes it'll make you look really stupid. I mean, really, really stupid. how many of y'all show of hands have heard this story about when I was running on the track one morning at Hooks High School? How many people have heard that story? I know you have Bojo. You can put your hands down. Okay. Not many. So I'm gonna tell the story again. So you just nad just nod Nod and act spiritual, right? Isn't that what you tell me? Okay. So, so one morning I go to the track, and, and I'm running on the track. This is this is before we ever before we started the church, and I'm running on the track. Now, I used to get up early in the morning and go run out there, and it was at Hooks, and there's no lights in Hooks, okay? So he's just running on the moonlight, basically, so you can see the stripes. It was a blue track with white stripes. So you can see the stripes. So I'm running on this track. I'm running on this track, and uh, before I actually get there, actually, he tells me not to put my earbuds in that morning, which is really weird because, like, you know, I got to listen, you know, to my music. When I'm running my cool stuff. You know what I'm saying? Makes me feel young. So, so I was going to listen but I couldn't listen to it. So I, I said, all right, I'll, I'll take it off. So I'm running around the track, running around the track. All of a sudden he stops me in this one spot. And just behind the football field, there was this wide open field that Hooks. Now the FFA building's there, but at the time it wasn't there. And he says, I need you to walk out to the middle of that field. Now, here I am. It's freezing cold, by the way. This is in February. It's like 20 degrees outside. He tells me to go out here, and I'm thinking, here I am. I'm freezing. I'm trying to get my workout in so I can go home. And I start to walk that way, and he says, drop to your knees. I drop to my knees. He said, you're on holy ground. So I just start praying. And he says, now go to the field. And I stand up, and I start to go that direction. He says, take your shoes off. Say what? God is cold. Take your socks off too. God is cold. So I start walking out into this field. I get halfway out in this field. And the whole time, I'm not going to lie to you, I was a little scared. Like I was thinking, Jesus is going show up. Like I'm finna see him in this field right now. And I get halfway out there. And I stop. And I will say this. It was so cool. The presence of God was all over it. I and mean, I'm just standing there in the presence of God. I can feel it all over me. And then all of a sudden it stops, and he says, okay, you can leave. I'm thinking, what? So I get my shoes on, go out in the car. Next day, go out to the track, same thing. No earbuds, run around the track, stops me in the exact same spot again, tells me to go back out in that field. Shoes off, everything, everything exactly the same. I'm thinking, all right, now, see I did it the first day, right? So that today, he's gonna reward me with something. I'm gonna see something. He's gonna give me something, right? walk out to the middle of the field, same thing, presence of God, and he says, okay, you can leave. So by this time, I'm a little frustrated. Get up and I leave. When I walk back to the track, I realize something. In the exact spot that he made me stop in, two days in a row, I had ran around that track exactly seven times. Exactly seven times. Just like Joshua around Jericho. Didn't make sense, right? Joshua walked around Jericho seven times. Didn't make any sense whatsoever. Blow the horn. That didn't make any sense whatsoever. But the walls came down. I get in my car. I said, God, I don't understand why you do that to me. And this is what he told me. He said, if you'll do that, you'll do anything I ask. Doesn't matter how stupid you look. When God asks you to do something, it doesn't matter how dumb it is. It doesn't matter how you think it's going to make you look. Don't worry about pleasing people. Don't be a man pleaser. Be a God pleaser. From that day on, I heard God constantly all the time. It's an obedience check and it's an obedience test. And that's how you know when you'll actually hear his voice. When you have trouble hearing from God, guys, there's there's something in the Bible that really caught my eye this past week when I was reading in 1st Samuel. And uh, Samuel Samuel was Hannah's son. Hannah couldn't have a son. Went to God said, God, if you'll give me a son, I'll devote him to you for the rest of his life. That was Samuel. So once Samuel was born and reached the right age, God sent Samuel to live with Eli. Eli was the high priest. Samuel one night Heard a voice, Samuel, Samuel. So he wakes up, he runs in there to Eli, and he said, yes, sir, I'm here. Eli's dead asleep. Eli said, I didn't say anything to you. Go back to bed. Samuel goes back to bed. A little bit later, Samuel, Samuel. Gets up again, goes to Eli. Eli says, boy, leave me alone. I'm not hollering at you. Happens a third time. Well, on the third time, Eli got smart, and he said, "Next time that happens, you need to ask God, just tell him, "Here I am, Lord." So Samuel goes back to bed, and sure enough, Samuel, Samuel, here I am, Lord." And he heard God speak. So many times we go through our lives and we think we hear Him, or maybe we're struggling to hear him. And this may sound so elementary and so dumb to some of y'all. But when I'm struggling to hear him and I'm looking for an answer, and I know that I've been distracted and everything else, I get alone, I get on my knees, and I say, God, here I am. Guys, the example is set in this book. It's not just Samuel. Abraham did the same thing. God, here I am. Moses did the same thing. Here I am, God. These are examples that were set for us. When you're struggling to hear him, get on your knees, humble yourself, and just tell him, here I am. You'd be surprised how much better you'll hear him. How do you really know that it's God speaking to you? There's three questions you need to ask yourself for that. Number one is, is what you're hearing, is it good? James 1:17. whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God in Heaven. God is good. If whatever that thankless thought is that pops in your mind, if you think about it and you say, okay, only good's going to come from this, that's God. Don't overthink it. God is good. If it's something good, it is from God. It's very simple. Do not overthink that. Do not overthink that. Good God, right? All right. Ask yourself this question. Do I have peace? Philippians 4, 7 and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. Jesus, real peace only comes from God. We talked about this last week. So, is it good? Do I have peace about this decision? If it's good and you got peace, you've got two confirmations right there, right off the bat. And then the last one, ask yourself, does love come from this? John four sixteen. God is love. If it's good, if you have peace, and if God's love is shown, that's all you need. You run with it. You run with it. And to heck with the consequences. Do y'all hear me? Don't. It doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter how people look at you. If those three things line up, you run with it. I'm going to repeat those because I see some of y'all are trying to write it down. Um, Is it good? Do I have peace? And then does love come from it? In closing, I'm going to show you uh, one of the most, if not the most, important Bible verse when it comes to hearing God's voice. This is Jeremiah 29, 13. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. You'll seek me and find me. It doesn't say if you give me 10% of you or half your heart. It says with all your heart. You will not hear God until you give him your full heart. You must have the Holy Spirit in your heart. You cannot do any of—you can't hear any of this. You're not going to recognize it. It's not going to make any sense unless the Holy Spirit's in your heart. You have to submit yourself fully to God in order to hear his actual voice. You know, the Holy Spirit, it's like a GPS, guys. You know, if you're, if you're going somewhere and you put the address in, you know, it says take a left in one mile, take this exit in 0.5 miles and so forth and so on, right? Like that's what the Holy Spirit does. It guides you and leads you along your walk and on your path. But you know what else it does? When you get off that path, it does the same thing that GPS does recalculating. Recalculating. All you got to do is look at him. Go to him and ask him, and he'll get you right back on that path. But you got to hear him. You have to hear him. Your full heart, guys. Full heart. Some of us I know may struggle with this um, hearing God. They, they think that, well, Mike, I, d- I don't hear him. I'm struggling in my life. I just want him to talk to me. I remember one time I was visiting with a guy and he just told me, he said, Mikey, he said, I hear, I've got all these people that surround me that hear God. And he said, I just, I never hear him. I never hear him. What we realized in that moment was he had not reached true salvation. Jesus says himself in the scripture that we read at the beginning in John 10, that my sheep will hear my voice and I will recognize them and they will follow me. I'm going to be brutally honest with everybody in this room. If you're not hearing his voice, I'm a little concerned. I'm concerned. That makes me feel like maybe I haven't done the best job as a pastor. And I don't mind admitting sometimes I may not I may not be the best, but I will tell you this. Everything that I try to preach to you guys, everything that comes out of my mouth is from the Holy Spirit. And today he's telling me to tell you guys, if you're not hearing him, that's a problem. That's a big problem.